everyone welcome to the christian marauder show well tonight we are going to be posting a special video i did for my first nations friends who have to deal with real spiritual phenomena like high suicide rates on the reservations are how to deal with shadow people who bring terror into the lives of many on the reservation and how to handle real brujistas those who really practice witchcraft that actually seek to kill rob and destroy people's lives Maybe you have encountered such things in your life, like icy cold terror that fills the room with icy fear along with tall, dark, sinister shapes. Some, sometimes some people even report sleep paralysis. Have you ever dealt with any of these things? Have you ever dealt with anybody who practiced the occult who sends stuff your way? Well, tonight we're going to look at that in this other video that I will tap into here. And this will be a different show as there will be no pictures added to the video tonight. So before I begin, let me just say, if you're watching on YouTube, please become a member of the Daily Renegade, where you can find great articles and also watch uninterrupted shows like the Peck Report. From Apollo Nearing with Seth McVeigh. Uh, how about Get Real with Cody Peck? We hear... Um, you know, this show, for example, you know, you even have Gary Wayne, the author of the Genesis 6 conspiracy here, called The Christian Contrarian, doing his show. You have Ryan Peterson, who wrote about the Nephilim, and he talks a Bible prophecy in the show, Beginning and the End. You have The Radical Christian, which I like, with Drew Graffa. And you have Beauty in the Bible and Moms and Miracles. You have Through the Black Uncensored and so much more on The Daily Renegade. I tell you, you have a lot of stuff. You have articles you have things to plug in so please don't forget that you can become part of something new and help build up the daily renegade and help josh peck set up a christian platform in case and you heard the routine social media pulls the plug again but social media can pull the plug anytime in order to not to do that we got to have a christian platform so you can help Build a Christian platform by becoming a member of the Daily Renegade for $10 a month or $100 a year. And you will hear all the uninterrupted shows on the Daily Renegade website on the topics that interest you. How do I do that? Well, just click on the link below. Well, as you're watching this, you'll see the link below. And click on it and become a member today. Well, folks, be sure to sign up today on the Daily Renegade. With that, let's get started. Again, I'm going to add a few second pause, and then we are going to fade into today's special video concerning what to do when spiritual warfare gets hot. Welcome, everybody. This is a special recording for my First Nations friend that I will probably share on the Daily Renegade as well. And the reason why I want to make this special video just for my First Nation friends because they understand something. I get constantly asked questions about certain matters that most people who don't have to deal with this subject or they actually deal with it, but they ignore it. They fail to realize that, you know, what's going on. So I get questions like this, you know, you know, and I've been up on the reservations and we have to deal with um, shamans and traditional people. We have to deal with honest to goodness, high order, high level, high profile, blood right, ritual, Apache reservation, so, so forth, etc. Idol worship, you know, blatant 
witchcraft of the highest order, and it attacks people. And one of the reservations that I hopefully will be going up to soon, or by the time you get this video, I probably all, all might might be back, will be this is I think within the last uh, the beginning of the month, I think there were eight suicides. Now, in a small reservation of about five or six thousand people, you know, eight people in uh, less than a month is a pretty high per capita number. Imagine what that would be translate into your neck of the woods or your town if you had that many people percent-wise to die on a per capita. That's a large amount. That would be a large amount. Because this stuff is real. I'm not just talking about suicide. I'm talking about they have to deal with witchcraft. Real, honest-to-goodness witchcraft. And a lot of these people who are going to be watching this video who will, will name and say, oh, this is a bunch of hooey-bluey. You have no idea how real this stuff is. You don't have any idea what it's like to be sleeping at night and have a dark shadow come into your room and stark icy cold fear that's not your imagination. And you can feel fingers of death coming upon you and you're scared to death. And I only can imagine what some of those kids must think and what they feel and what type of spirit drives them to that because that thing's attacked and tried to attack me up there. But I'm a Christian. I know what to do. So I teach people up there how to fight slender man, how to fight tall man, how to fight the shadow people. I have to do it down here on the front range of Colorado on occasion too, because people do not know where to turn. They do not get this from churches. They do not get this from other people. All they get is, you need to see a psychiatrist. Here's a happy pill. Call me later. And then the bottom falls out of their life and another happy pill. Okay nothing gets better and so I also get people telling me they go to work I'm not talking about bad evil supervisors so this message is geared towards sister Sarah and her folks up there up in her neck of the woods of the First Nations people I won't say where but for sister Sarah and all the people up there they're dealing with an individual or several individuals co-workers or supervisors they're not evil uh, mean-spirited people these are actually practicing witches <laughs> shamans and they are, and are working in a school and they're targeting the kids they are targeting the kids with their witchcraft and blood rituals some of the kids are reporting having strange dreams of this witch calling them or doing things to them. Others are having icy cold fear creep into their rooms suddenly. And they ask me, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? What do we do about it? So that's what I want to talk about. So I'm, I'm, I am going to release this unedited version on the, on, on the Daily Renegade here. So I'm just doing this ad lib now. So you just... I don't have any notes. I'm going to bring up my Bible software. It's going to light up my face. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. So I'm going to teach you how to fight against high-level, high-order witchcraft. And I want to teach you how to do it. Because it needs to be done corporately. It needs to be two or more. Jesus says, where two or more are gathered, there I'm in the midst. That's a church. You need corporate prayer, binding and loosing. I'm going to talk about, about that at the end of the message. 
but right now I want to deal with how to deal with the occult attacks that are going on in your life and how to de deal with it because you're being attacked in dreams and visions when you get near a person or go there your right arm or left arm hurts you may get a, a, a headache you may feel sick to your stomach you feel creepy when you're around this person I can take you to some places up north on some of the reservations or down south. I can take you someplace on the traditional grounds and and we I'll be honest, this is kind of a a passage of right when I I don't take anybody up there. I just I take who the Lord shows me because I know what I'm dealing with up there. And so the people that the Lord shows me, you know, I meet with another guy, we take them to the traditional medicine grounds. We don't say anything. And the person goes, man, this is weird. I'm getting a headache. I feel sick. I'm getting all jittery. And we, we go, this is demonic spirits. This is how real they are. So we teach them how to resist it. And once they get it, they, they're in, they can fight this stuff off, okay? They understand the game. <laughs> you can call it a hazing ritual or whatever, but, you know, it's what I'm just telling you. Um, you got to toughen up because up there... As it is in the urban areas, you're dealing with high-level order witchcraft, especially in these last days. And after all, on the Daily Renegade, I am doing a spiritual warfare series. So let's turn to um, the Bible. I'm wearing my new glasses so I can read the small print. <laughs> so I want you all to turn to Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 18. Again, I read out the New King James. I like the ESV. I do like the NASB, but I like the New King James because it doesn't leave any verses out. Just my personal preference. So what I'm going to read to you, I'm going to teach you from the Word of God how to fight and what some of this stuff means. If you're in a situation where you're working with somebody who is a practicing witkin or a witch and they're hexing and vexing your kids or trying to hex and vex you or when you get around them you feel nauseous, you're suffering headaches or whatever and weird things happen, things flying off the wall in your house. When demonic activity is really strong, when somebody's releasing this stuff to you, well, what do you do? Okay, let me teach you. Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 18. And this, and this is the Lord speaking. He tells us to prophesy when we encounter this stuff, or speak this forth. In verse 17, Likewise, son of men, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own heart. Prophesy against them. Verse 18, and say, Thus says the Lord God, this is what God thinks, Thus says the Adonai Yahweh, Jehovah, Thus says Adonai Yehovah, Adonai Yahweh, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the women, woe to the people who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the head of the people of every height to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? What in the world is that verse talking about? Let me tell you. The occult people uh, like to put people in their pocket. I'm just going to paraphrase really quickly so you know what I'm talking about. They, they want to control you. That's what charms do in their sleeves and their pockets. And they make veils. I'm going to talk about what a veil is. Very important thing to know what a veil is. In the Bible, they talk about veils putting over to blind you. The God of this world puts blinders so you don't see the attack coming. So you don't see the hit job coming. You don't see the seduction coming. You don't see the enemy coming. 
You just suddenly fall into it. You're blind to it. You feel helpless. That's what a veil is. A veil also refers to the occult world's use of what they call as a deific mask. A deific mask is the conjuring of entities to mask and put over a person, or the witkin, or the occult person will wear themselves. Aleister Crowley wore and the deific mask of lamb. He went nuts. He went insane because of it. That's what they do. And so they release these things. These are demonic principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. These are the, the military formations. They're getting entities to attack and put veils, deific masks, to get you to believe lies. And they don't care how high you are or how low you are. They hunt souls like birds. If they smell a Christian, they're coming at you. And they hunt the souls of, of God's people, and they try to keep themselves alive. They really, and the Lord's mocking them here. And he says in verse 19, And will you profane me among my people for a handfuls of barley and pieces of bread, killing people who should not die, and keeping people alive who should not live, by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Remember, the veils keep people listening to lies and deception. You're no good. You're a failure. You can't deal with it. You don't have no power. Don't rebuke the devil. You, you, you're too weak. Lies. Keep tracking with me, folks. Keep tracking with me. Will you profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and pieces of bread? This is talking about blood rite rituals. This is high order witchcraft because this refers back to the pagan, uh, what do you call it, the um, the pagan fertility festivals and stuff like that. They weren't dancing around pieces of bread and stalks of barley and rye, naked and going, you know, and having a grand old time singing yabba dabba doo. They were conjuring and bringing up deific mass veils to put on people. Why? To kill them who should not die. Get them so depressed they take their lives. Get them full of lies that are totally incapable of defending themselves or using the name of Jesus against these entities that they're sending. These people do not play fair because they are in cahoots with the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the spirits behind them, I'm telling you, we're going to teach you how to do some spiritual warfare after this on how to deal with the spirit behind them. But right now, God's really hacked off at you people who practice this stuff. He's coming for you. You're messing with his people. And he's tired of it. This is what he says. It's not what I say. This is what he says. You... And for your high level order witchcraft, you kill people who should not die, you keep people alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. And the high suicide rates keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And the happy pills given just don't seem to do the trick. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your magic charms, by which you hunt souls there like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go, the souls you hunt like birds. I will tear off your veils and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall no longer be as prey in your hand, and then you will know that I am Yahweh. <laughs> so keep tracking with me. The Lord is against your magic charms, against the witchcraft. You need to know that, because he's tired of his people being hunted souls like birds he's tired of seeing people kill themselves people beating themselves up and giving up on life because of the you 
You'll tear them from your arms, and you'll let the souls you put in your pockets go free. The souls that you hunt like birds, the kids that you hunt in schools to treat, treat them badly are going to be ripped from your arms. And they'll no longer be as prey in your hands. You will no longer keep veils on their heads because you are about to find out just who, how hacked off the Lord God is. Why? Because with lies, verse 22, you have made the heart of the righteous sad. That means severely depressed, the point of death. This deals with suicide. <laughs> you made the righteous sad, despair of death, whom I have not made sad, and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked so that he did not turn from his wicked ways to save his life. You're just deceiving everybody. This is what the Lord says. In verse 23, this is the judgment against you. Therefore you will no longer envision futility nor practice divination. I will deliver my people out of your hand, and you will know that I am the Lord God, or the Lord Yahweh, the Lord Jesus Christ, God manifests in every flesh who rebukes you. You'll no longer envision futility nor practice divination against the people. And folks, if you get a hold of what I'm saying, you get these verses down, you start to understand them. If you are attacked with this stuff, gather with some people in a group. Look at verse 20 and 21 and 23. Speak those out. You don't have to be verbatim. Just remind the spirit behind manipulating those witches and witchcraft people and the occult people what God's going to do. I'm against your magic charms by which you hunt souls like bird. I'll tear them from your arms. Let the people go. The souls that you hunt like birds in Jesus' name. The Lord will tear your veils off of these people. The Lord will tear the veils off. He'll deliver my people. He'll deliver my son, my daughter from this garbage. Tear it right now out of your hand. And they will no longer be as prey in your hand. They will toughen up and learn to fight. Because I'm sharing this with them. They are a Christian. They're blood bought by the blood of Jesus. They're not your doormat. You're reminding the principalities and powers and all this stuff exactly what's going on, what the score is here, that the Lord God will have the last word. Verse 23, you remind him of that in your prayer, any way you feel led. There's no formula here. This is how the Holy Spirit will get you riled up and pray. And you say you will no longer practice divination or practice lies. For the Lord, God is delivering my son, my daughter, myself, my own mind. And you practicing this stuff against me will know that I am the Lord. However, the Lord lets you take off on that and do that. I suggest that you do these things under the principles of what is known. And I'm going to go, so to, now i got some notes. <laughs> So i got to look at my notes. We are going to look at some notes here. We're going to look at corporate prayer and a principle called binding and loosing because this is the most effective way to do this, my First Nation friends and other people who are dealing with this stuff and other people who are laughing and scoffing at that. I don't care. I'm watching too many people die. I'm seeing too many people fighting battles and, and against this stuff because the occult world is on the rise. And don't, don't, don't. Don't play smart with me and cute. Jesus reveals something about spiritual warfare in Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. I want to teach this to you. In Matthew chapter 16, there's a 
the Lord lays out a principle in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 18 and Matthew chapter 16, the Lord lays out a principle called binding and loosing. So that's what we're going to look at. In Matthew chapter 16, it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Okay? And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in earth. Whatever you loose on, loose out of heaven will be loosed in out of heaven. You know, that verse. And then Jesus reveals it again in Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20, so that the gates of hell will prevail against the church. Again, this is what great revivalists talked about, having prayer meetings in your areas. Where a few people would meet together, like at the New Hebrides revival, or the Welsh revival, and began praying. And they were praying. And what they were doing when they were praying, they were going before the Lord and reporting the deeds going along and going happening in their area, in their locality. And they were petitioning God, like at the heavenly council, and they were saying, this is what's going down, the high suicide, like, well, wait, rates going on. We are totally helpless. We do not know what to do. Lord, send a messenger. Send something. We need your spirit to fall. We need a revival. Okay, that's what they were doing. And the Bible says, the Lord says, my house, my church will be called a house of prayer. And the devil has come and seduced people. And the, by and large, the church of God no longer is a house of prayer. This type of prayer that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, where they know what binding and loosing really is about. Instead, like Jesus found, many places have become dens of thieves, you know. And we got to get the thieves out. <laughs> We have to start praying. We have to start praying by knowing how to pray and what to pray for because we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, which are the demonic entities and the fallen watchers. And they're out to destroy, rob, kill, and ruin, lie, and deceive you and distract you away from God and to get you into other things. And revival is... If you want revival, it is spiritual warfare. He had two older women who prayed in the New Hebrides, and these two old ladies prayed and prayed, petitioning. They're, they're, it's recorded. They petitioned because they saw the youth and everybody going down the tubes fast, heading to hell in a handbasket. And they prayed and prayed, and a minister came over who probably didn't want to be there and ended up staying there for months and months and had a great revival in those islands in Scotland. And from that island in Scotland, many of the young people went out as missionaries into the world, and many, many people came to the Lord because of that. That's a revival. It's amazing when people just pray. So the question is, how did they pray? So we go back to Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 and 20, because Jesus tells us the secret of this type of prayer, which fits in as well as fighting against witchcraft and the occult and covens in your area. Jesus said this, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Reading from the New King James. In other words, this involves running boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time and need. But what's interesting is the word meaning of the words bind and loose. Those meanings of the word bind and loose. What will be bound on earth will be bound means this. What, is, what does bind mean? Bind means to tie up. It means to restrain. It means to stop. So this type of prayer stops the principalities and powers and the people they work through and restrains their activity. 
next whatever you loose loose means to untie it means to release it means to bring to ruin it means to untie in order to bring to ruin somebody's plot schemes against you i bet you did not know that in first john chapter 3 verse 8 it says from the new king james for the purpose of the son of god was manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one the word might destroy or the word might should, should read mightily destroyed what the word destroyed is the same greek word translated as loose for the purpose of the son of god was manifest that he mightily loosed the works of the evil one keep tracking with me the word destroy is the same exact word used in matthew 18 translated as loose and it means to bring to ruin or destroy in other words to release off to somebody or something so okay are you following me i gotta ask it means to release off someone something that is bringing ruin into their life or you can say you are busy destroying by untying the works of darkness and bringing the works of darkness to ruin that's what that means for the purpose of the son of god was manifest to mightily destroy untie loose off the works of darkness that's what it means okay whatever you restrained in heaven bind in heaven and whatever you loose or release is to be released to bring ruin to the devil's schemes on earth okay okay are you following me i'm going to go back to this verse here i got to bring it back up in my notes jesus says i'm telling you the truth i say to you that whatever you bind tie up restrain on earth will be restrained in heaven and whatever you loose to set out to untie and destroy on earth will be untied and destroyed in heaven and this is untying the devil's work so jesus is saying again whatever you bind and restrain on earth will be restrained in heaven and whatever you loose on earth meaning loose off untie in order to destroy the works of the enemy will be loosed from heaven this is getting god's permission to do it <laughs> this is what this is that's why it says run boldly to the throne of grace keep tracking with me okay are you following me i'm trying to get you somewhere here and when you restrain in heaven it will be it will be restrained there on earth and what you loose in heaven will also be loosed on earth and vice versa that's what jesus is saying and, and jesus said that to peter concerning the church the gates of hell will not prevail how by binding and loosing this is not just one person binding and loosing you know you know I, I i spent a lot of time binding and loosing and had some just by myself it has some effect but i found out and i discovered when i have two or three or more people praying with me to bind and loose knowing what they're doing knowing combining this with ezekiel chapter 13 this is pretty powerful folks little self-disclosure my wife and i got hit with some high high heavy order or witchcraft i never had a battle like this before it was something new i got really like i just wanted to give up not kill myself or nothing like that i just felt like i just throw away teaching the scriptures i should just give up just, just give up give up everything's not working and then all and when i got my wife and i were pushing each other's buttons we looked at each other and we go you know we're under attack and she she goes yeah we are we need to pray so we did some spiritual warfare so in the next morning i got up and the lord showed me 
you need to get people to pray for you. So I just wrote on my afterlife group on my Facebook page, hey, I need help, I need prayer, we're under attack. They all got together in unity, where two or more gathered in, in my name there in the midst, and they began praying. And it didn't matter if they were binding and loosening and saying the words, what their prayers were, like we just prayed in Ezekiel chapter 13 there, about the Lord will untie the works of the enemy, will undo your works and let you know that the Lord is God, okay? When you, you just those words, or however people are praying, were in unity, focused prayer, boom, the victory came, it lifted off for good. Then I asked, Lord, why couldn't I fight that off? So I got, um, that night, we turned on the, we we have um, Roku and we have uh, YouTube, I guess. And we don't have TV, but we like watching Dr. Tony Evans. And Tony, Dr. Tony Evans had a teaching on binding and loosing, one of his newer messages. And boy, oh, and I go, bingo. That is exactly what happened. So the Lord allowed me to get attacked. And in the attack, I was brought really low. But I cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know how to fight this. I want to tell you what, Lord. I am not going to let you go. I don't care what anybody says. You saved my life. I owe you my life. I will, I'm not going to let you go. You have me, Lord. I don't care if I have to give up the ministry. I have to give up everything. I'm not giving up you. That's when the victory came, because when people started praying, the Lord showed me I had to be brought low to a certain point to realize that my strength comes from Him, as well as the body of Christ praying in unity together to specially battle high-order level witchcraft. In the last days, this stuff is going to get hot, and it is going to get extremely heavy, folks. I'm telling you. And the Bible tells us clearly that we are run boldly to the throne of grace in order to get God's witness to that. And, that. and I always look at that verse to mean going before the heavenly council. That's my term for it. Dr. Michael Heiser talks about going to the divine council. The divine councils in the Bible are the heavenly council. That's where God meets with his angelic beings and he sends them and assigns them tasks to do it's in the bible i don't have time to go through all the scriptures and go through all the rigmarole i will do that later i don't have any notes to, i don't know where to go right now it take me time to pause it and go back and i'm just going through this because i need to help my first nations people and people who are battling this stuff but you go before the heavenly council just like it happened when they gathered before the throne of God and they were discussing Ahab, what to do about Ahab, the evil king Ahab. The Lord already determined that Ahab was going to die. So let's figure out a way to get him to die. What's the best way? And so this angel came up and said, send me, I'll, I'll lie to every... I'll. And so the Lord sent a lying spirit to all the prophets of Baal, like four, 400 of them, to prophesy to Ahab, to get Ahab, to get off his duff to go fight a battle where he gets killed. God liked that idea. So he sent a lying spirit to do the task. Not only was that happen, but I think if I read the commentaries right, that many of those prophets of Baal were wiped out too. But God got rid of the whole kit and caboodle. God knows what he's doing. 
And they went, the angels met at a council room, and they did that, and that's what happened, folks. So when we run boldly to the throne of grace, think of running boldly to the throne of grace as going into your prayer closet, your war room, getting alone with God and just praying and discussing matters, and then getting together with your friends. You don't have to meet together sometimes because our schedules are whatever, but just have people all over the world, if possible, to pray for you about a particular focused thing. If you're going through witchcraft, you're going through some attack and is attacking your daughter, get people together. We're going to pray together corporately. Two or more gather. We're going to focus in, use Ezekiel chapter 13 against this stuff. We're going to use the principles of binding and loosing on this stuff because where two or more gathered in my name, they I'm in the midst of them. I would even suggest setting a time, even if you can't meet together and they're in another part of the world, set a time, coordinate it, where people just get together at that particular time to pray, or just say pray throughout the entire day. You're going to have people praying for you all throughout the entire day on this subject. If you can get a prayer group together, good, get meet in person and pray together, just what I'm teaching you right now. Just watch what will happen. This is a war, this is a battle, and the enemy will fight back. I'm not kidding you. This is not la-la land Christianity. This is down in the trench fighting dirty Christianity because you're fighting dirty with dirty demonic entities and fallen angels who want to rob, kill, and destroy your family, take everything you own, want to weaken you so bad, and you just give up. So you got to run boldly to the throne of grace. And that means getting your marching orders to God. Lord, I come to your throne. How do I handle this? I feel weak. Empower me. I need your Holy Spirit. Lord, show me what to pray and then pray it. Don't come with a formula. Don't come with a method. I'm not trying to give you a method or a formula. Don't try to make a method or a formula. It won't work. Just do however the Lord. The Lord will give you the words to utter and pray when you do not know how. And Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth, you will tie up, restrain, will be tied up and restrained in heaven. And whatever you loose, release, bring to ruin on earth, will be released and brought to ruin in heaven. You go to the council room. Uh, so on earth, God's up there. We're down here on earth, okay? So whatever you bind on earth, I'm binding this power. We're tying it up. We're going to restrain the work of the devil in my family's life and over my finances, whatever. will be tied up and it will be restrained because God will decree it from heaven because people are praying in unison with a focused intent. It will be restrained and the Lord will decree it and it will send angelic beings out like he always does to take care of the task. And whatever you loose, release, in order to bring the devil's works to ruin on earth, will be brought to ruin in heaven, because God will give you the right word out of the Bible 100% of the time, a word out of the Bible, like Ezekiel chapter 13, to use in your circumstance. Wow. <laughs> That's a mouthful. But keep tracking with me, folks. Jesus is talking about the corporate church, and the context of binding and loosing involves the church body doing this. In Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to reiterate this again. He was talking about the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. How? we got to be a house of prayer. we got to get out of the sandbox. we got to get out of this box thinking. It doesn't mean everybody can meet at one time in a prayer meeting. That's great if it can happen. And I would suggest you can do that. If you have a bunch of people in your local area where you were t on fire and you're ready to pray this way and you got the fire of God and you get together and pray with them. 
but if not get online make an announcement let's pray for you i'm not talking about uh, uh prayers that you need a, a loaf of bread or i'm not talking about prayers a need prayer. i'm talking about this is spiritual warfare the enemy's barking up your tree he's stealing your lunch he stole your breakfast and he's going to rob you from your dinner and he's going to kick you out of you know kick you out of happiness destroy your life when the enemy is really attacking with you are you went to church and yours and are you in a a place at work and you're somebody is practicing witchcraft knows that you're a christian and all of a sudden ugh, like i said in one of my shows the devil passes by or some demons pass by the post office in hell and they see your one at poster there and the other one looks at the other and says i know where they are and all hell breaks loose in your life this is when you need this type of prayer this is not about getting new color TV sets and getting your gits with God. This is high-level warfare against high-level witchcraft, high-level demonic activity. The enemy wants you to destroy you. Jesus said to Peter, whatever you bind and loose, folks, I tell you. Jesus is talking about binding and loosing so the gates of hell will not prevail against the corporate body. There were two or more gathered in my name there in the midst of them, where the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The devil wants to divide you, get you isolated, so you're by yourself, so he can devour you. This is the corporate body. We've got to stop thinking in a box. Some of us live in areas where it's church dead. All you got is people online, and, and maybe through online you can connect. God will connect you with people in your area that will know how to pray. Just keep praying about it. He'll lead you there. But you've got a church body somewhere. And this is not about having individuals going off half-cocked, binding and loosing everything on earth. This is talking about a corporate body doing the binding and loosing. Yes, you as an individual can bind and loose to a certain extent. But it's more effective when you have 30, 40, 50 people behind you. Just think of this. In the book of Psalms, again, I don't know where it's at. But it says, the Lord uh, will, if one, one will put 1,000 to flight and 10 will put 10,000 to flight. Just imagine if 20 or 30 people got together, how many demonic entities and fallen angels can be put to flight. If people prayed with focused prayer to unst tie the works of darkness over your city over your town over your family in a corporate prayer so first nations people i want to suggest that you begin praying to one two three people just start praying take this as a lesson maybe some of you in your communities can start doing this i don't know how it will look that's up to the holy spirit not me to bind and loose is more effective when other people are involved. And I want to tell you, when you have two or more people binding and loosing, it is, wow. <laughs> this is actual focused corporate prayer without people's agendas added into a prayer meeting. Without the devil's deception being added into a prayer meeting. Distracting you with turning stones to bread. You know... That's what we have happen in a lot of prayer meetings. We have a lot of agenda-driven distractions. It's all about, oh, Lord, teach us how to turn stones to bread with the prayer of faith. Oh, teach us this. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, buy me a Mercedes-Benz. My friends all drive Porsches, and I must make amends. You know, 
when you got that, you're distracted. You're isolated. Even though you're in your group, you're isolated. Everybody's praying for their own thing, right? They're not corporate. They're not unified to punch the devil in the face. Not, not to be able to restrain suicide off of a person. No, you're divided. Oh, Lord, let me have a Mercedes. Oh, Lord, let me have a new color TV. I'm just telling you people. People can take a scriptural principle about the prayer of faith and twist it to mean that it's okay to turn your stones into bread to get your gifts from God. Don't do it in a prayer meeting. Be focused. That's not intercessory prayer. Pray that by yourself to God. God wants to get you a new TV. Let him get you the best TV. But don't bring it into a prayer meeting and distract everybody from binding and loosing the gates of hell coming against the church, coming against your town, ready to destroy everything you own. You got nut jobs in Congress now. <laughs> Should I go there? And they're trying to tear down a president. I'm just telling you. A duly elected president. Not after President Trump. They're about after everybody you voted for him. 60 million people they want to exterminate and silence your voice. That's what this is about. It needs intercessory prayer. Join Franklin Graham. I don't care what you think about Franklin Graham. Join him in his prayer to protect the president. Are you following me? Be corporate. Revivals are spiritual warfare, not uh, feed me stone ground pebbles by turning your stones into bread. Our needs come by living by the word of God. The key is to live it out. Most decree and declaring that goes on are just mere empty, empty words with no living out the word of God that you're saying at all involved. It's just words. Then you bite the donut and find out it's a granite rock. And then you got a, the devil gives you a really good dentist bill on top of that. Be corporate in your prayer. Take your need prayer alone with God. If you need to, or another person and be focused with that, that's fine. But don't bring it into a prayer meeting when you got suicide running, running rampant. Or you got people in dire straits and need and you don't have no other way to help them. There's another distraction in prayer meetings that Luke chapter 4 mentions when the devil took Jesus upon a high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world to tempt Jesus by saying to him, Just worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. What an appealing offer. Man, I tell you, that must have been really appealing. Hmm. Have all the kingdoms of the world if you just worship and serve the devil. Why in the world is the devil talking to Jesus about this? Because Jesus already owns the earth and everything. He created everything. So what is the devil doing in a prayer meetings, in our prayer meetings, offering the same thing, right? A lot of our prayer meetings concern attaining power and attaining and more anointings to control more and more things. And I'm going to get myself in trouble with a lot of friends of mine. I got to say this. I got to warn you of dominionism, of the seven mountains of influence that's sweeping prayer meetings all over the country with just pure distractions. It sounds really good on paper, but look what Jesus, he was taken upon a high mountain. He was offered dominionism. And Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ refused that distraction because to do so involves worshiping the devil as his agent to help control the world system. And you say, oh, no, that's not what we're doing. Well, what did Jesus do? He rebuked the devil and said, you and you only will worship the Lord your God and no other. In the definition of worship, worship means to do service, to pay homage to something. 
So you have people worshipping the seven mountains of influence doctrines, which says, just take over the government, let's take over entertainment, let's take over media, let's take over business, let's take over religion, let's take over education, let's take over the family, then we can top down manage the entire society and culture, and we can give it back to Jesus when he returns. That's backwards. That's not how it works. I'm going to pop your bubble. It's saving the masses of people. How many people were added in the church in the day of Pentecost? 3,000? How many on another day? 5,000? Imagine if three or 5,000 got saved in one day on fire for the Lord in your city. Soon, all these other entities will be kowtowing to you. That's how it used to work. Jesus, the Lord doesn't change. It's saving the masses of people that would influence everything on top of the food chain. That's how it always has been done. God changes not. I don't care about what revelation that someone got out of the book of Isaiah about mountains. That's all taken out of context. Because a text without a context is simply based on somebody's pretext. I will stand in your face with much love and confront you because I want to restore you back to Jesus. Because I tell you what, if you think that you can take the seven mountains of influences of business, all religions, and all this stuff, then hand it over to Jesus in order for Jesus to come back, I ask you for a think for a second. Is Jesus going to come back because you did so, or is he going to come back in his own time? He doesn't need us to take over anything in order for him to come back. This stuff was soundly, this Dominion junk was rebuked in 1980s with Earl Polk. It was soundly refuted by the church in unison coming against it. And now it's resurfaced again. And people are accepting it and not challenging it. And they're buying it hook, line, and sinker. sinker. And some of those folks who teach this are now going out saying, Don't touch the Lord's anointing. God's going to smite you down. All this stuff. I want to tell you. King David said, do not touch the Lord's anointed, meaning his persecutor. Got it backwards. The Lord says, bless those who curse you, not curse them. You have entire prayer meetings, wasting their time, trying to pray for the seven mountains of affluence to happen. Listen carefully. What's really being implied is to pray to take over the world's religions, take over the families, business, governments, media, entertainment, and military. It sounds a little bit like one world government, doesn't it? The same that the Antichrist will implement, with people handing it over to him when he comes. Wow. So that they can be super leaders who will rule with the Antichrist, thinking that it's Jesus. I want you to think for a second. Do you really want to be ruled by super elites? If you do, vote Democrat, okay? And you find out that we're all going to go down the tubes really quick. All you're doing is loving the world and worshiping it. All you're serving is the world system, thinking by doing that and taking over the system and justifying that you're all doing this to give it back to Jesus. That's great deception. And you're isolated. You're not in unison in your prayer. The Lord's just going to go, you got it backwards, people. I'm going to send a loud mouth messenger in your face to try to correct you. It's up to you to listen or not. I'm just saying. That is what the devil was trying to do with Jesus on top of a high mountain. Think about it. Please do not go into the realms of dominionism and waste umpteen prayer meetings of praying for this stuff while the world around you goes to hell in a handbasket and more people die. Put to death because of witchcraft and because of the evil in the world. My house would be a house of prayer. Not the house of the seven mountains of influence taking it over. 
Jesus says that my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, my disciples would fight for it. So, man, I tell you, you want to fight for it? Then you're not a disciple of Jesus. Take it up with Jesus. Don't take it up with me. The Lord called me to out from amongst that junk. And I just want to warn you out of much love and compassion. You're being deceived. You're wasting umpteen time praying. And have you taken over anything yet? Proof is in the pudding. Next thing that people do in prayer meetings is like the devil. He tempted Jesus. He took Jesus to a high pinnacle of the temple and told him to jump off because the angels will catch him because Jesus was the favorite of God. Now we have prayer meetings where everything is about jumping off into higher and go into higher, higher levels. Who needs the Bible at all in such places like that? They just cherry pick a verse here and there to justify it's greater to jump off into higher and higher things because... That's what they do. That's what they teach. They just justify jumping into things you ought not to jump into because God loves us. Therefore, he's going to catch us. Now we have prayer meetings where everyone prays. Let's jump off into higher and go higher levels. And who needs the Bible except with a few cherry-picked verses to justify us jumping off into things we ought not to jump off into because God loves us. Therefore, he'll catch us as we're all under some sort of greasy grace. You know, we have a lot of prayer meetings teaching that we need more anointings. We need more flow. We need power, power, power. We need fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire. Sounds great. Sounds like a high school chant. Cheerleading chant. The more I hear about this stuff, wow, it's all about jumping off into realms you shouldn't jump off into. It's not about the fire of God at all. It's really not about that. It's about you. It's all about you. It's like a prayer. To, just, just, just measure what I say. There is real fire of God in a person, and they're on fire. Yeah, that's fine. Being anointed with a new anointing, but the anointings come and go. The Lord gives those as he so wills, and you're praying for all this stuff. But look in your heart and see if you're selfish with it. Are you ego-driven with it? Is it just about you getting the glory? By giving glory to Jesus, you get the, some glory. So Jesus is not going to share that glory. You have to die to yourself. The ego has to die before you get real fire from the Lord. More I hear about this stuff. It's just, it's all about jumping off into realms you shouldn't jump off into. And I heard people talking about sanctified versions of astral projection in the church. And I've seen in church there are destiny cards and Christian spirit boards or Ouija boards out now. Man, I tell you, I've seen this stuff. I'm going, what? You're jumping off into things you shouldn't. Well, how did you get to know do this stuff? Well, we prayed about it, and the angel guides told us it was okay to do because God's giving out more deeper revelations. Give me a spiritual V8. Lord, restrain me from slapping these people upside the head. <laughs> You're jumping into things you shouldn't, and Jesus resisteth jumping. And rebuke the devil by saying you will not tempt the Lord your God. We need to we need to corporately pray things like that in the church. The church stop jumping off in the junk they shouldn't do because they're tempting God. So in real prayer meetings, you will not tempt the Lord with seeking approved jumping techniques. Instead, you corporately in a church you untie and and restrain and say back off, devil. We will only worship and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll live by the word of God and stop turning stones to bread. The picture here is this corporate prayer. 
Jesus sets the foundations for real prayer in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Again, out of the New King James. I say to you, the two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, we on earth talk to God up in heaven. It will be done by my Father in heaven on earth. So, whatever you bind, restrain. The Father will bind and restrain. And whatever you loose off of the destroy all the works of the enemy will be destroyed and the Father will make sure it's destroyed out of heaven. And you'll ask and it will be done for you. See the power of corporate prayer? Do you see how the devil likes to waste time in our prayer meetings? And we don't ever do any effective spiritual war because everybody's isolated. I see more intercessors prancing around praying for the seven mountains of influence like it's some great revelation, never realizing that Jesus Christ was taken up on a high mountain and offered all the kingdoms of the world the same thing that the seven mountains represent, and he refused it. You will only worship the Lord your God. These people can't even say that. They can't even get on the ground and say, Lord, look, our cities are going to hell in a handbasket. We need a revival. We need fire. We need your fire, not false fire. We need you. We need your power. We need your glory manifest, not ours. We surrender. We get rid of our egos. And you start asking the Lord to do this, and because I want to tell you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, out of the New King James, I say unto you, if the two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. This is incredible because this involves the power of witnesses. When you have two witnesses, you can convict somebody. With three witnesses, you can put somebody to death according to the Old Testament. And remember, part of binding and loosening to destroy the works of the enemy, for the purpose of the Son of God was manifest to loose, to bring to ruin, untie, and unbind the works of darkness. We are individually his witnesses on earth. We, in our prayer rooms, we are to report to him in heaven things that are going on on earth. And then, where there are two or more gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst of them. This makes a church of two of you or more. The more the better. And you can corporately pray. He is in the midst. Your prayers are being heard. And you have a church. You have an assembly with just, just two people. The two women in the New Hebrides prayed, and Jesus was there in their midst, and they got what they asked for. And it wasn't new clothes. It wasn't the, they didn't receive the power to take over the islands so a ruling elite can rule them in place of Jesus. Do I make sense? Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. But what kind of prayer? Is it turning stones to bread? Is it power-grabbing prayer? Is it jumping to forbidden thing prayer? How distracted is your prayer life? The history of revivals reveal that there were only two or three or four, maybe ten, fifteen people intently praying in a small little town or someplace, focused, binding and loosing in their own way. Maybe they weren't saying the words, but they were saying, we are witnesses. We got drunks here. We got people here. We got problems here. Are we? My Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, Lord. Remember this. The Lord said that the cry from Sodom and Gomorrah reached him in heaven. So the, that's, if I take it to what I correctly to mean, and I, and I could be, so just take it as a hypothesis, that's probably Lot, righteous Lot praying, Lord, look at this stuff. 
Look what's going on here. If these people get in power, they're going to destroy the whole world. What do we do? Well, God took care of Sodom and Gomorrah. So when you have people praying intently, it reaches heaven. And God does something about it. That's the power of witness, of having two or more gathered in his name. In our cities where we live, here in our towns, we witness what is going on. And we witness the principalities and powers coming against our families, our towns, our country, our nation, against you. So what are you going to do? I'll tell you what usually happens in the prayer meetings. They're going to waste time with the seven mountains praying. For all the seven mountains. One week we'll pray for this mountain, we'll pray for that mountain. Oh, we're going to waste time jumping off into things we should not and justifying it with a cherry-picked Bible verses. A lot of wasted words, decreeing, declaring things that God never said to decree or declare. If I haven't offended you yet, just give me time. Oh, we're going to waste time by being distracted to turn stones into bread instead of living by the word of God. Instead of worshiping the Lord only and serving him only, uh, we're, we're not even going to pray about stop tempting the Lord. We're just going to keep doing it. That's what a lot of prayer meetings do. I've been to many of them. It's very frustrating to sit through prayer meeting after prayer meeting and nobody is, it's the same. No wonder prayer meeting populations of people attending prayer meetings are going down. Unless there's a move of God going on. And people start praying and they're, and they're praying as witnesses to the Lord, testifying what's going on here needs to be fixed in heaven. What do we do? What's your marching orders? How do we handle this? We need to pray. We're helpless. Lord, we're only going to serve you. We need to know what you're going to do. You're praying corporately. And boom, heaven comes to earth. God answers your prayer. Things happen. I heard just today from, uh, I had a meeting with a guy from Franklin Graham Association. He came to the house and he said that there was a big, some meetings out there going on in, in North Carolina. I didn't know about it. Just like some mini revivals stirring and fire God falling out there in, in North Carolina. Amen. Why? Because people are praying. <laughs> we talked about that today. So here's a question. According to the Bible principle of witnesses, like I said earlier, if one puts a thousand to flight, imagine what two could do. Five, ten, twenty, or ten thousand people praying together, focused on what they witness happening around them, could do to an entire community if you had that intense prayer. Matthew chapter 20, and the New King James says, I mean, yeah, chapter 20, I can't remember the verse, and it says the New King James says, let me try to remember this. Where two or three, see, where two or three are gathered in my name, there, there I am in the midst of them. What happens when you have that kind of prayer? That prayer reaches heaven, so heaven invades earth instead of bounce off the walls. So how many of you out there would like that? Say amen. Didn't say it loud enough because I can't hear you, okay? But just say amen. It is, this involves focused prayer, okay? It involves really intent, focused prayer. Now I'm going to get back and probably light up my face with the Bible here at software. There it is. Let's get back to Ezekiel chapter 13 with my little lesson on, on, on intercessory prayer dealing with high-level order witchcraft, which actually goes into a church and affects intercessors and prayer meetings to have them, you guessed it, waste time with distracted prayer.
this is why I say that you need to go before the Lord, go through every single verse of Ezekiel chapter 13, 18, verse 23, and deal with the subject of witchcraft coming against your church, because it is. These covens don't need to have one coven assigned to do, and they just... They have a coven that can cover the whole, every church in a, in a town. They they know they know their stuff. The church don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what's being released against them. This is why you need to pray for your pastors. This is why you got to pray for me. You got to pray for Brother Shannon. You got to pray for Josh Peck. You got to pray for every Christian leader out there for protection. The devil wants to kill us. We need your prayers for protection. They want to stop us. They don't care about the people teaching the other stuff because it just distracts them. Because these people are out to looking at uh, everybody to hunt their soul, to make them pray so they can dominate them, put them in their pocket, control them like a little puppet. And they put these veils of depression and doom like it doesn't work over people's heads. They do this with high-level blood rite rituals. Leon Podesta, famous email, talked about spirit cooking. High-order government official talking about that stuff. Folks, now we see in the halls of Congress wacky stuff going on. I mean, I tell you, when will it end? When people pray. Let's pray against the stuff. Get focused with it. Get, get down in the trenches. Get ready to fight a battle. This doesn't mean that you just do it once. This is travail. You have to... Knock, you have to ask, you have to pound because the devil's throwing reinforcements trying to knock you flat. But if you keep persistence with witnesses together, God hears from heaven, boom, the answer comes. Always pray for protection for each other and that the devil's veils lifted off of his ministers and off his people and off your sons and daughters' life. I'll rip them off, Lord. You got to pray intently. These people know what they're doing. Christians don't even know what they're doing. They're too busy arguing and fighting against each other about how what spiritual warfare really is real. Did Jesus take care of everything? We don't have to pray anymore. Is it everything predestined? Uh, we don't even have to witness to anybody because everybody's already going to get saved, going to get saved, and we don't have to do anything. Um, people debating, fighting each other over, distracted. Got to stop. Got to repent, turn from this stuff. Turn away. And then the Lord says that he is against those magic charms, which to hunt souls like birds, and that the Lord himself will tear them off their arms, and he's going to let the people, his people, go. going to set them free. going to set your free kids free. This is a battle. This is a fight to the death. The good news is you, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. All authority that Jesus has, and he gave it, to us on loan so that all the works of the enemy will not hurt us as he said in the book of Luke there let me find that verse here I'll look it up real quick on my Bible software oh, yeah this is Luke 10 19 that's what I thought 10 19 18 and Jesus said I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven in other words the Lord saying I saw the devil fall oh, man he's defeated Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's the type of power we have. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, are written in heaven, 
we have we share the same authority because we follow Jesus. We're his disciples. Jesus says, make disciples of all nations. This is part of being a disciple. And you have power all over all. Using you by the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than he used in the world. The covens and the witches and as well as just the insanity of the principalities and demonic forces at work and governing people's lives are coming in like a flood. The Lord raises up a standard. A witness called the church so the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you can pray these prayers like out of Ezekiel 13. Keep tracking with me. So that the Lord will tear off the veils and deliver his people out of their hand. And they shall no longer be his prey in the devil's hand anymore. Because these people who are doing this, as well as the principalities, will see that this is the Lord is protecting. You're invoking. You're calling upon the Lord to be saved. Your children to be saved. You had, This is a battle. This is a fight. This is a struggle. So folks, remember, you got to pray this way. The devil, because of the lies, they made the heart of the righteous depressed, sad, and want to give up. <laughs> Whom the Lord has not made sad or want to make him give up. And you have strengthened the hand of the wicked so that he does not turn from his wicked ways to save his life. That's Ezekiel 13.22, uh, New King James. Therefore, you shall no longer envision futility or practice divination. For I will deliver my people out of your hand. And you will know that I am the Lord Yahweh. Lord Jesus Christ who came in the flesh as God manifested in the flesh. Who says, I rebuke you. Get off my people. Get off my life. Get off our finances. In Jesus' name, get off. Don't waste time, folks. Time is too short, okay? Well, folks, this concludes the video. I'm just ending it now, coming back in, transitioning into this. And so, with that, I will, will be signing off. And I'll have my contact information on the video here. And you guys be blessed and have a great day in Jesus' name. Amen.